Section 17 of Seeking a Human Spaceflight Program Worthy of a Great Nation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Seeking a Human Spaceflight Program Worthy of a Great Nation by the Review of U.S. Human Spaceflight Plans Committee. Section 17. Chapter 7. Critical Technologies for Sustainable Exploration The Space Act of 1958 calls on NASA to preserve the U.S. position as a leader in space technology. Today, the alternatives available for exploration systems are severely limited because of the lack of a strategic investment in technology development in past decades. Looking forward, NASA has before it an unprecedented opportunity to make an effective strategic technology plan. With a 20-year roadmap of exploration laid before it, NASA can make wise technology investments that will enable new approaches to exploration. Two recent reports of the National Academies have made recommendations in this regard. The investment should be designed to increase the capabilities and reduce the costs of future exploration. NASA has conducted studies to demonstrate the mass reduction and therefore operational cost savings that are achievable with investments in technology. Figure 7.1-1. With technology investments, the mass required for a Mars exploration mission decreases from eight times the mass of the International Space Station to a mass comparable to the station. Notes. Results are cumulative and thus trends will be different for different technology combinations and sequences. The change between points shows the relative mass savings for that particular technology. 2018 one-year round-trip mission, crew of four, lander pre-deployed. All propulsion chemical, aero capture, advanced propulsion, closed-loop life support, advanced materials, maintenance and spares, advanced avionics. As an illustration, it indicates an almost tenfold reduction in mass required for future missions to Mars. If appropriately funded, a technology development program would re-engage the minds at American universities, in industry, and within NASA. This will benefit human and robotic exploration, the commercial space community, and other U.S. government users alike. 7.1. Fundamental Unknowns Three factors affecting long-duration human space exploration are of central importance, yet do not lend themselves to definitive assessment based on the available data. 1. The effects of prolonged exposure to solar and galactic cosmic rays on the human body. 2. The impact on humans of prolonged periods of weightlessness, followed by a sudden need to function without assistance in a relatively strong gravitational field and 3. The psychological effects on individuals facing demanding tasks in extreme isolation for well over a year with no possibility for direct outside human intervention. While the specific technologies to address needed capabilities can and will be debated, if the United States wishes to conduct more and more capable missions in the future with near-constant budgets, it is essential to develop and bring to flight readiness the technologies required. This will not happen without a sustained plan in which needed capabilities are identified, multiple competing technologies to provide that capability funded, and the most mature of them demonstrated in flight, 
so that exploration architectures can then depend on them. For many technologies, it is less expensive to design a flight demonstration using the facilities on the International Space Station than it would be to design a free-flying mission for each and every technology demonstration. Radiation Effects on Humans Beyond the shielding influence of the Earth's magnetic field and atmosphere, ionized atoms that have been accelerated to extremely high speeds in interstellar space fill the solar system. The effects of such galactic cosmic radiation on crews on long-duration spaceflight far from the Earth are a significant concern. Additionally, normal solar flare activity also occasionally releases radiation potentially injurious to humans. On the Moon or on the surface of Mars, techniques are available to shield a human habitat from these sources of radiation, but the massive shielding is cost-prohibitive for a spacecraft. These radiation effects are insufficiently understood and remain a major physiological and engineering uncertainty in any human exploration program beyond low-Earth orbit. A 2008 report by the National Research Council concluded, quote, lack of knowledge about the biological effects of and responses to space radiation is the single most important factor limiting the prediction of radiation risk associated with human space exploration, unquote. A robust research program in radiobiology is essential for human exploration. Research on these radiation effects on humans is limited on the International Space Station, since it is partly shielded by the Earth's magnetic field. In addition to studying the effects of galactic cosmic radiation, GCR, there are mitigation strategies, such as more effective shielding techniques or the use of high shielding mass on a reusable habitat that cycles between Earth and Mars without being accelerated for each mission, cycler habitat, that need additional study. Micro and hypogravity effects on humans. While significant data on crew adaptation to microgravity now exists from extended International Space Station stays, there is a need to further develop countermeasures and build an understanding of even longer profiles that will be encountered in exploration beyond low-Earth orbit. The International Space Station is a logical place to conduct such research, and the United States should obtain these data before the International Space Station is retired. Psychological Effects of Extreme Isolation on Humans while many experiments have been conducted on Earth to examine the effects of prolonged isolation on humans needing to continue to function at a high level, these experiments generally fall short of simulating the circumstance of extreme physical confinement in which the participant realizes there is no opportunity to end the experiment. In this regard, missions to Mars would be far more demanding than those to the Moon. Mars, at its closest, is 56 million kilometers from the Earth, whereas the Moon is 380,000 kilometers. In the latter case, return is generally possible within a few days. In contrast, Martian circumstances may require many months or years for an emergency return to Earth. 7.2. Propellant Storage and Transfer in Space Werner von Braun wrote of the significant benefits to be gained from propellant transfer and storage in space. Up to this time, the normal approach for inserting payloads on trajectories away from low Earth orbit towards the Moon or Mars is to use an upper stage called an Earth Departure Stage, EDS. 
In the conventional scheme, the Earth departure stage burns some of its fuel on the way to orbit and arrives at low Earth orbit partially full. The remainder of the fuel is expended, injecting the payload towards its destination beyond low Earth orbit. An alternative discussed in Chapter 5 is to refuel in space so that the EDS can arrive in orbit mostly empty and be refilled. After leaving Earth, exploration systems will still need to make one, two, or three propulsive maneuvers, often after months in space. Again, past experience is to use storable propellants for these maneuvers, but in human exploration, the cost of doing this becomes large. The benefit of in-space cryogenic transfer and storage is that it enables refueling in space and the use of high-energy fuels for in-space propulsion. Using propellant transfer for the EDS, for example, allows more mass to be injected from the Earth with a given launch vehicle or a smaller launcher for a given payload. Today, these technologies are considered ready-for-flight demonstration according to both NASA and industry experts working in the field. Figure 7.2-1 Nonetheless, legitimate questions remain as to the practical feasibility of the approach. These concerns generally center on cryogenic transfer and storage technology. Cryogenic transfer, storage, and gauging in a microgravity environment create challenges that have been investigated by researchers in the laboratory for decades. Automated rendezvous and docking of delivery tankers has recently been demonstrated. Capabilities that remain to be demonstrated include long-term storage of very cold cryogenic propellant without excessive boil-off, transferring cryogenic propellant between tanks in a zero-g environment, making cryogenic fluid line connections, gauging the quantity of propellant in the tanks in a zero-g environment. Figure 7.2-2 shows the maturity of various technologies based on the NASA Technology Readiness Level, TRL, system, summarizing the current assessment of capabilities required for propellant transfer and storage on orbit. Figure 7.2.2, Technology Readiness of Components for In-Space Refueling, Source, Review of U.S. Human Spaceflight Plans Committee. Technology, most mature approach, status. Liquid acquisition, surface tension device plus setting, ground demonstrations, needs flight test. Propellant gauging, capacitance probe plus settling. Mature technology with settling. Ullage gas management, settled vent. Mature technology with settling. Transfer line conditioning. Recirculation, mature technology with settling. Automated fluid coupling, extension of probe used for propellant couplings on Orbital Express. Flight demonstrated with storables. Needs flight test with cryogens. Insulation and thermal management. MLI is mature technology. Vapor-cooled shield further lowers boil-off. Ground demonstrations needs flight test. These cryogenic technologies have reached the point where a flight demonstration is the next logical step in development before this capability can begin to be designed into systems. The two technologies of liquid acquisition, collecting fluid in microgravity near the point from which it will be withdrawn from a tank, 
and automated fluid coupling cannot be tested in a realistic environment without in-space demonstration. Cryogenic coolers are needed for true zero-boil indefinite storage of liquid hydrogen, LH2, but other technologies listed in the table are intended to negate this problem for storage up to one year. 7.3. In-situ propellant production and transport. After mastering the technologies for storing and transferring propellant in space, the next step is to manufacture propellant from resources already there. The lunar surface and some near-Earth objects are the only known sources of suitable resources that can be brought feasibly to cislunar space, such as to the Earth-Moon Lagrange Point L1, which was identified as a promising candidate for a cislunar propellant depot in a 2004 NASA study. In-situ propellant production requires the combination of two unique capabilities, one, producing the propellant, and two, transporting it economically. Oxygen is abundant in all lunar rocks and regoliths, dirt without organic material, and a variety of chemical processes to extract it have been demonstrated in Earth-based laboratories. These propellant production methods must next be demonstrated on the lunar surface through robotic missions. Collecting lunar material and bringing it to a lunar-based processing station presents a great challenge. Laboratory work has shown that this will likely require both robotic and human-tended missions to mature the technology. In addition, it is also extremely important to produce hydrogen for fuel in space. If hydrogen can be economically extracted from the moon, it will likely serve as a source of propellant for future exploration missions. If it cannot be produced, the case for exporting propellant from the moon becomes less compelling, and near-Earth objects would rise in importance. Discoveries in recent years do suggest the availability of significant hydrogen deposits at the lunar poles. In addition, Apollo samples showed useful hydrogen deposits from the solar wind implanted in the regolith. These regolith deposits would require processing large amounts of material comparable to coal extraction on Earth. Robotic exploration of the moon continues today, and further interesting sources of resources may well be found. The composition of near-Earth objects is less well understood than the composition of the moon because of the current dependence on telescope-based observations and inferences drawn from meteorites reaching Earth. These data suggest that almost any desirable resource can be found on near-Earth objects. But since each near-Earth object is a distinct body with its own orbit and properties, it is difficult to make generalizations about how resources would be extracted and returned to cislunar space. It is worth noting that in some cases, the energy required to return mass from a near-Earth object to near-Earth space is significantly less than to return mass from the lunar surface to Earth-Moon L1 Lagrange point. Therefore, further robotic exploration and human-tended pilot visits to near-Earth objects are particularly interesting subjects for future exploration. Reusable chemical rockets might also be used to deliver in-situ propellant from the Moon to the Earth-Moon L1 Lagrange point. Space tugs carrying and using hydrogen are generally more compelling than tugs carrying and using other propellants. 
as an alternative because of the moon's low gravity non-chemical propulsion should also be considered catapults tethers and beamed energy are likely to become practicable for lunar to l1 transport long before they become practicable for earth to orbit launch and should continue to be investigated nonetheless their application appears to be far off because about two-thirds of the mass on an earth to mars to earth mission would be propellant cost-effective lunar-produced propellant could decrease the mass that must be lifted from earth by a factor of two to three further achieving industrial levels of oxygen and hydrogen production on mars would greatly simplify the challenge of transporting fuel for the return trip from mars to earth in situ propellant produced on mars has been considered as well oxygen could be extracted from the carbon dioxide based martian atmosphere and both oxygen and hydrogen could be extracted from mars ample ice although laboratory work for extracting resources from mars is promising the technology remains to be demonstrated under realistic circumstances 7.4 mars orbit to surface transportation the entry descent and landing of cargo on mars is difficult because mars has sufficient atmosphere to drive the design of landing systems but inadequate atmosphere for feasible parachutes or wings to safely land astronauts on the surface scientific probes landing on mars have used a complex mix of aerodynamic braking and rocket propulsion these techniques will have to be improved before larger robotic or crewed missions can be sent to mars this research and technology development program needs to be started soon because it will require many iterations and increasingly larger missions before nasa is ready to demonstrate a safe crewed mars landing meanwhile the intermediate results would greatly benefit future robotic missions because of the unique landing challenges posed by mars a robust human presence will require an advanced mars orbit to mars transportation system most likely a reusable system that could transport cargo and people between the martian surface and a depot located nearby nuclear thermal rockets using in situ martian produced propellant would fly to martian orbit collect a payload and then use aerodynamic braking for the initial descent followed by nuclear rocketry to land alternately a chemical rocket would need to refuel on both mars and in near mars space such as on the martian moon phobos use of phobos for propellant production would benefit transportation both to and from the martian surface and provide the propellant for astronauts to return from mars to earth a phobos based teleoperated exploration of the martian surface returning with samples from that surface would likely precede a crewed mars landing mission and would provide dramatically more responsive remote control than with the communication delays incurred between mars and earth the use of phobos and or mars produced in situ propellant would likely reduce the flight cost of a crewed mars landing expedition by a factor of two to three seven point five advanced space propulsion since the 1950s advanced space propulsion has been recognized as an extremely desirable technology for mars missions as is the possibility of aero capture see figure 7.1-1 
the application of advanced space propulsion to crewed missions could significantly reduce the amount of propellant used while providing sufficient thrust to build up interplanetary velocities relatively quickly over days or weeks instead of months or years unfortunately the physics of the problem are such that the more a vehicle tries to minimize propellant usage the more power it consumes yet since the power supply weight increases with power generation requirements a more substantial power supply can negate some or all of the benefits of lower propellant usage two promising advanced space propulsion technologies are based on solar and nuclear energy sources solar current solar power collectors are too heavy to deliver dramatic benefits in space propulsion solar electric thrust is used today for some satellites and it may play a role in cargo transportation from leo to for example l1 and back unfortunately the acceleration it provides is so low that it would take months or years to get from earth to the moon for example as a result for solar-powered advanced propulsion to provide revolutionary benefits either far lighter thin film solar arrays must be matured or the heavy solar power collector must be left off the spaceship and the power from the collector beamed by lasers to lightweight collectors aboard the ship theoretical studies indicate this latter technology is physically plausible but it hasn't made it out of the laboratory in addition the beam can only be held together over distances up to a few hundred thousand kilometers with a reasonable sized transmitter solar technology requires research and development and flight demonstrations as well as a large investment to build the solar power collector and beam transmitter in space however such an effort might pave the way for transmission of power to the earth for domestic use although it is not known whether such systems will prove economical even if they were to be technically feasible nuclear a more mature technology, nuclear thermal propulsion, reached advanced ground-firing demonstrations during the 1960s, before the program was canceled. With nuclear thermal propulsion, a nuclear reactor heats hydrogen and then ejects it to provide thrust. A nuclear electric thruster, on the other hand, produces electricity to run an electric thruster, such as high-power Hall-effect thrusters or the variable specific impulse magnoplasma rocket vasimr thruster nasa is currently funding nuclear reactors today provide a substantial fraction of u s electricity production and other countries use nuclear reactors to produce an even larger fraction of their domestic power for advanced space transportation much lighter nuclear reactors are required although expensive to develop this solution could cut the cost of missions from earth by a factor of two or three alternately it could be used to increase vehicle velocity for the same cost nuclear propulsion is probably essential for any crewed activity beyond mars the space nuclear program is an excellent candidate for a multinational research effort because different countries have different capabilities and research interests nasa would benefit from a coordinated multinational research effort in this area 7.6 technology summary in order to give future designers a rich and effective set of technologies to draw from 
and investment in a broad-based space technology program is prudent. This should be done in a focused but long-term manner with a clear metric of enabling and reducing the cost of future exploration. There are a number of potential technologies and approaches to be examined, as indicated in figures 7.6-1 and 7.6-2, which attempt to identify near- and longer-term benefits from the investment. Some of these technologies have been discussed above and others throughout the report. NASA would not be the only beneficiary of these technologies. Other U.S. government and commercial users of space would benefit as well in terms of new capabilities or reduced cost. Consistent with administration planning, the Earth-based benefits to economic recovery, energy technology, biomedical science and health, and protection of our forces and homeland have been indicated. Figure 7.6-1 Technology Opportunities to Impact Near- and Mid-Term Exploration Capabilities and Sustainability. Source, Review of U.S. Human Spaceflight Plans Committee. Capability, Approaches, Benefit to NASA, Other Benefits. Improved LEO Launch. Higher Volume Production of Expendables or Reusables. Lower Cost to LEO. NSS, COMS, Econ Energy Protect Galactic Cosmic and Solar Radiation Mitigation Better Risk Assessment Mitigation Shielding Lower Mass Systems with Better Human Protection Bio Autonomous Rendezvous and Docking Improved Sensors, Algorithms, System Tests Enables Unpiloted Assembly and Fueling in Orbit NSS COMS Econ Protect. Cryogenic Fuel Transfer. Development and testing of fuel management and transfer technology. Enable smaller Earth departure stages or makes planned ones more capable. NSS, COMS, Econ Protect. In space, restartable engine and boil off technology. Cycle and engine development of hydrogen or methane engines enables longer-duration exploration to destinations needing return propulsion. NSS, COMS, Econ Energy, Protect. Crew Autonomy and Robotic Support. Development of robotics to assist crew in space and on surfaces. Increases efficiency and focus of crew on tasks better done by humans. Bio, Protect. Advanced System Design Methodologies Computational, Simulation, and Decision Support Systems Quicker, Better Documented, and More Thorough System Designs NSS, COMS, Econ, Energy, Protect Advanced Materials High Temperature and Nano Engineered Improves Durability and Strength Lighter Weight Systems NSS, COMS, Econ, Energy, Bio, Protect. Closed-loop life support. Mechanical or biological systems. Lower mass for human duration. COMS, Econ, Bio, Protect. Methane engine. Cycle and engine development of methane engines. Allows better packaged stages that would use Mars ISUR products. NSS, 
COMS Econ Energy Protect. Aero Entry, Descent and Landing in Atmospheres. Development of Novel Structures for Aero Breaking and Entry. Lowers Massive Systems, Enables Large Masses on Mars. NSS, COMS Econ Protect. Technologies are listed in approximate order of decreasing importance and urgency. Other benefits are to National Security Space, NSS, Commercial Space, COMS, Economic Recovery, Econ, Energy Technology, Energy, Biomedical Science and Health, Bio, and Protection, Protect. Figure 7.6-2, Technology Opportunities Impact Longer-Term Capabilities and Sustainability. Source, Review of U.S. Human Spaceflight Plans Committee. Capability, Approaches, Benefit, Other Benefits. Surface Systems, Accessible or Inflatable Habitats and Mobility Systems. Lower Mass to Surface, More Capable Exploration. COMS, ECON, Protect. Surface Power, Advanced Solar, Isotope, or Fissile-Based. Lower Mass to Surface, More Power for Exploration, and ISRU. NSS, ECON, Energy, Protect. Lunar In-Situ Resource Utilization. Regolith, or Hydrogen-Rich Formations, Derived. Lower Consumable Delivery to Surface. COMS, Econ. Lunar in-situ propellant production and export. Reusable lunar to EM L1 tug. Enabling of new Earth-Moon-Mars transportation architectures. COMS, Econ. NEO-based in-situ resource utilization. Based on initial sample assays and transportation network. Enabling of new intersolar system transportation architectures. COMS, ECON. Advanced in-space propulsion. Beamed power or nuclear. Smaller in-space propulsion systems, significantly lower mass to LEO. NSS, COMS, ECON, Energy, Protect. Mars, in-situ, propellant production. Atmosphere or ice derived. Lower mass for human duration and enabling of lighter ascent vehicles. COMS, ECON. Earth-Mars Cycling Spacecraft. Aldrin and Multi-Synodic Cyclers. Enabling new mode of interplanetary travel. Finding on Technology Development. Technology Development for Exploration and Commercial Space. Investment in a well-designed and adequately funded space technology program is critical to enable progress in exploration. Exploration strategies can proceed more readily and economically if the requisite technology has been developed in advance. This investment will also benefit robotic exploration, the U.S. commercial space industry, the academic community, and other U.S. government users. End of Chapter 7 End of Section 17